But I'm not gonna let catch me, no Not gonna let them catch the midnight rider Chris McMahon Yeah! Ready for a Halloween five-hour midnight ride? I know you guys are. I know you're still up. You're peeling off the makeup. You're taking off the wigs. You're ripping off the fake beards. You're getting ready. No, Paul's is real. As hideous as it is, it's real. There's the music. You know Paulie's in the house. Let's go. Five hours. I got you till 5 a.m. That's what I was doing all day long. I was taking, I woke up, had to immediately get the Mega Powers ready, had to get Hulk Hogan ready, had to get Randy Savage ready, the beards, the mustaches, and then here's the, th- here's the thing. Like, we have the, the, the Halloween pizza party before, like, the neighborhood gets together, we have, like, a little bit of a pizza party, and then we all go trick-or-treating. I went through four mustaches throughout the pizza party. Like, it was, it was ridiculous. They couldn't, you can't take a bite of pizza without, oh, I want the mustache off. I'm like, I know, but we just, we just talked about this. It's not, it's not in the way. I want the, I want it off. I'm like, I got to take it off. Then it doesn't, once you put those things on, then you take them off. This, the adhesive doesn't work anymore. Now I'm gone. It's a good thing I bought like a whole package of mustaches because I went through all of them every time they took a bite of pizza because then they want it back on. I'm like, no, no, no. You're going to want another slice of pizza. No, no, no. I want it on. I want it on now. Look, everyone's looking at me. I want to have my beard on. Okay. Well, you should be. Oh, no, take it off. I'm having a bite of pizza. Ah! So that's what I woke up to, but still it was fun. It was Halloween. Halloween's a, a wonderful holiday. I had a great time. The kids look great in their Halloween costumes as Hulk Hogan and Randy Savage. I raised them correctly. That's right. So I woke up to that, having to immediately get ready to them. And I also got woke up, and uh, I also woke up to the most obvious news of uh, a really non-existent deadline from both of our teams, the New York Giants and the New York Jets. And that's where we'll start today. Um, look, the Jets, you kind of knew there wasn't going to be much for the Jets because a couple of reasons. One, they're one of the major needs they would look to trade and add. And that's really the difference, obviously, the two teams. One's adding, one's possibly selling. Neither did anything uh, on this Halloween trade deadline. But the Jets are looking to add, which can be difficult, especially at the positions they're looking to add. Offensive linemen are an impossible get. It's very difficult. One happened to move um, from the Vikings to the Jaguars, uh, Ezra Cleveland. He's really the only notable offensive lineman to move. It's not an easy position to go out and trade for. Teams don't like getting rid of good offensive linemen. You can see, especially if you're a football fan in this town, how how much they are worth their weight in gold. So these things, these these players don't get moved typically. And then the other one was, you know, maybe a wide receiver. And if you knew. The Jets weren't going to be at the top of the, the market with Adams. You weren't expecting that. How much draft capital do you really add to help this offense with a bit wide receiver? You've already gotten rid of McCole Hardman. Like, how much better than McCole Hardman are you going to get? Like, you didn't think there would be much of a trade deadline for the New York Jets. So it doesn't surprise me that nothing happened with the Jets. But with the Giants, you know how I feel about it. And yet again... The Giants made a mistake not trading Saquon Barkley. Now, the, everyone thought Adoree Jackson and McKinney could go. Obviously, it sounds like their contracts and the, the fact that they didn't restructure them before this deadline, and it made it so the other the team they traded them to couldn't restructure, so it limited 
their value, fine, whatever. It's not the biggest of deals. I don't think they were getting a major piece for Dory Jackson or McKinney or whoever else they might have moved. But Saquon Barkley was someone they should have traded. And the reports are, and this pisses me off. I'm sorry, but it does. I understand they love him. I understand John Mara, and I think he probably has a lot to do with this because it doesn't make sense to me football-wise. If you want to tell me that he's the one guy the team, uh, and a lot of callers did last night and yesterday morning, I'll see if you guys are back today, that Saquon Barkley's the one guy you want to watch the games. He's the one, he's become the face of the franchise. Hey, you can keep him on the franchise tag. He's the second overall pick. He's uh, the the lifeblood of the offense. Without him, what are they? I mean, I don't know what they are with him, but without him, what are they? It's a disaster. Oh, you need him. They need Saquon Barkley. You know, I don't subscribe to that at all. And I find it very hard to believe that both the, the GM and the coach feel as strongly as to not answer the phone. And if that report is true, if it is true they were not even taking phone calls on Saquon Barkley, that the idea was we are not trading Saquon Barkley. We told him two weeks ago. I told We told you, Chris. We told you. We told everybody. We weren't trading Saquon Barkley. And I don't care who called. We weren't answering the phone. That's borderline malpractice. And it's, it's frustrating to me as a Giant fan because I don't understand not answering the phone. There is no circumstance on a team that's 2-6 and six fading into oblivion for the 10th time in the last 11 years. At least it feels that way. There is no reason. There is no reason that not every single player on this stinking team is open to phone calls. And especially one you chose not to give a a contract to, one who's not under contract for next year, one you'd have to franchise tag for a second time just to keep him around another year. And if the, you know, I was watching, uh, listening to Tiki a little bit. I saw Tiki on SNY, and he's like, well, you know, you saw what the offense could be last year with Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley. Oh, did we? What did we see? A dynamic offense? An offense that hadn't scored 30 points in, a, in, a, in like two calendar years? That figured it out for two games, a, a Colts game at the end of the year, and then a Minnesota playoff game? Well, what offense exactly are we talking about? And you haven't really seen them at all together this year, and you hope maybe you could build some momentum, and next year you could tag them, and you go, what do we think next year is going to be? I understand it's the NFL. I understand year-to-year things change. I understand that anything's possible, right? I, I get it. But ultimately, do you think this team is good enough with Saquon Barkley one more year with Daniel Jones that they're suddenly, like, they could be better than this year. They could be making a push for the postseason, but they are not contending in this NFC. Not for a Super Bowl, they're not. Why is this guy above answering the phone? Why is he above? What if you got a first-round pick? What if you got, like, I don't know what the... The interest would have been, I don't know. You've seen some other moves, obviously, uh, throughout the NFL. Uh, Dobbs got a, uh, a six-round pick. Montez, uh, Montez Sweat got a second-round pick. Chase Young, those are the two big stories. Out of Washington, got a third-round pick. I don't know what the price tag would have been say, for Saquon Barkley. And I'm not sure if they answered the phone or not. I don't know, what the, but if the reports are true that they didn't even consider it, what are they doing? What is this giant team doing? And if it's the owner, because the owner has been very vocal about guys he likes, 
Last year during the press conference of hiring Joe Shane, he talked about Daniel Jones and what he felt the team owed him. And now you look at Saquon Barkley, and he's the second overall pick, and he's this brilliant shining star year one. And last year, he's, you know, the offense is pretty much hand the ball to Saquon. They have no wide receivers to speak of. It's hand the ball to Saquon, and he carried them to a playoff game until the quarterback finally got it together at the end of the year. And then you pay him $40 million a year, and you don't give him a, you don't give Saquon a contract. You leave him as the franchise tag. And so now, oh, this year he gets hurt. He battles back in a game where you can't throw the football against the Jets. You just force it to him. You, you, you get him probably beat up. You handed him. He's, he's, he's carrying the ball 30-plus times a game. He's doing everything. He's telling the media he doesn't want to leave. He wants to be a giant. He, he doesn't even hold out for the franchise tag when everybody expected him to, and he had every right to. He comes up. He decides to sign the contract and not hold out a single day. And for all of that, which I agree makes him a good guy and makes him a fan favorite and absolutely unequivocally makes him someone who wants to be a giant and there's value in that. And I respect him. But if this owner respects all that more than the future of the franchise and is making decisions and is telling his GM not to answer the phone, because if the GM doesn't answer the phone, it's borderline malpractice. I can't imagine that this GM, as smart as I think he is, and as well as he executed a trade for Leonard Williams, he got a two and a five for Leonard Williams. I know he ate a lot of money. I understand that. He got a two and a five for Leonard Williams. The Washington Commanders got a two and a three for Montas Sweat and Chase Young. They he did they did three rounds better for two players. But he's not answering the phone on Saquon Barkley when he knows he's able to make deals like that. I find it hard to believe. I find it hard to believe that the ownership of this team isn't overriding the theme on Saquon Barkley. And now you get to move forward. It's in the past. He's on the team. We'll see what this team becomes. Daniel Jones is back. Thankfully, they at least added, uh, they did something with Barkley and added Matt Barkley to the team. So maybe, just maybe, they can have a legitimate backup quarterback that can actually throw the football. But ultimately, this season's over. And I think they could go out there and probably beat the Raiders and maybe they could beat some of the bad teams on this schedule and maybe it won't fade into irrelevance the way some of these other seasons have faded. Maybe they still find a way to go win six, seven games and, and give you some moments and score some points and give you bright days with Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley that make you think maybe next year we could get it all going in the right direction. I thought that last year. And look what we have. I don't I I just I don't understand not moving them and I certainly don't understand not answering the phone. What are we holding on to? Like that's what I really want to ask the Giants. That's what I want to ask John Mara. What are you holding on to? Are you going to give him a contract now? Is he going to get a contract in the offseason a, a year later, another ankle injury, another four games missed? Hopefully it's just four. Still half a season to play. 
I can't imagine the Giants giving him a contract. And yes, they're open to the second-year franchise. Great. Another one-year kick it down the line. Is this team and this roster good enough next year? I don't see the I don't see the plan with Saquon Barkley. I just don't. I, I love the player. It makes the Giants better to have him this year and maybe even next year. But I need the plan. I don't see a long-term plan. And right now, when you're two and six, we're long-term planning. I don't see it. 877-337-6666. I thought the Giants were doing something, building towards something. I'm confused now what they're trying to do. I'm confused on what they're trying to do if they won't even entertain phone calls about Saquon Barkley, their biggest asset to go add draft capital to this team. 877-337-6666. So let's talk about this deadline. Let's talk about what the Giants have done. Let's talk about what the Jets did. Hey, you know what the one thing that let's talk about the one thing the Jets could have done that they didn't do. All right, we knew the wide receiver position could be tough. We certainly knew the offensive line position could be tough. You also know that how many how much draft capital are you willing to expend on a season that still has this quarterback in Zach Wilson leading it? But there was something I thought they could have done that they didn't. We'll get to that. The World Series is an absolute uh, bust now. Even with injuries, the Texas Rangers continue to win road games and continue to score a ton of runs. We can get to the World Series if you want. The Knicks have a comfortable win in Cleveland. And our two football teams do absolutely nothing in the deadline. 877-337-6666. We'll get to your phone calls and all of those stories, plus anything Halloween-related. Because I do love Halloween. And I was out with the kids. I, um, I heard Keith talking about different costumes you saw. There's one particular costume that I saw all over the place. And one particular costume that I thought was the best one I'd ever seen besides my two kids. As Randy Savage and Hulk Hogan. Your official station to talk Giants. The Fan, 1019 FM and always live on the free Odyssey app. All right, let's go. On this now, November 1st, it's November. You know what that means. It means my wife, in the next two days, is going to ask me to start to bring up the Christmas decorations. That's, that's how quick it happens. We're going to hear Christmas music earlier and earlier. And, I, and then you always say to yourself, you know what? F it. I'm going to get into Christmas this year. I'm going to do it. I'm going to really get into it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and be like everybody else and really get into Christmas. And I try. And I mean, I, I guess I do, but it goes by so fast. And then there's so much stress with it and the, you know, shopping for the kids and everything. And then before you know it, it's over. But I don't know. At the same time, it also feels like it cheapens it when you start it too early. You have I, really nice weather this weekend, though. So oh, probably a good time to get those decorations oh, up. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, we have you these... wait too long and <laughs> it's 30 degrees this Saturday that's, after that's, Thanksgiving. That's fair. But I mean, you have, you got to have your Thanksgiving decorations. But, um, I have these two, like, six-foot um, nutcracker sh- soldiers that we put in the front of my house. And I'm telling you, when I was a kid, time went by so freaking slow. It used to feel like 
summer vacation was over on the 4th of July. It's like, oh, man, it's already the 4th of July. It, it felt like it was like two months between the end of school and 4th of July. And you're like, oh, man, it's already over. Now that, I mean, 4th of July comes, it's already November. But I'm telling you, I just put those things back in the basement. I did it like, didn't I do that yet last week? I felt like I just put them away. And now we got to get that. We got to get the elves on the shelf. They come right after Thanksgiving. Before you know it, we're right back in the holidays. It happened so fast. What are your thoughts on the nutcrackers? Um, what do you mean? What are your thoughts on, like, the nutcracker guys? I haven't had many thoughts on them. What do you mean? Like, what are my thoughts on what? Like, the actual, the nutcrackers from, like... Like, what do you, why do you have them out if you don't understand, don't appreciate them? Well, I mean, I my wife does, and they're Christmas-looking, and it makes the... You know, they're nice. They're Christmas-looking? Yes. They're Christmas decorations. They're Christmas nutcrackers. I don't know. Have you ever seen the Yes, the, the ballet, nutcracker the suite. Nutcracker? The thing. Yeah. So I don't understand what you're talking about. What? I don't... Go ahead. Speak. I'm just saying that the nutcrackers aren't like a... Tra- they shouldn't be a traditional Christmas holiday Why not? decoration. Why not? Why not? You think oh, they should be? Not, Why not? I, I, I need Santa hats. I need a little well, I mean, bit more not, than just not, the Nutcracker. It's not the only thing we do, but there are two Nutcracker-like soldiers right on the corners of right, my yeah. Yeah, door. I just don't get I, I The Nutcracker soldiers, is that what they're called? I don't get them. Yeah, I mean, I guess. I don't even know what they're called. But they're Nutcrackers. And they're six feet tall? Yes. Like March of the Wooden Soldiers. Remember March of the Wooden Soldiers? That's a Christmas movie. This, I'm, like, I was you know, screening one of our wonderful yeah. callers. This we is one you. of the most popular decorations ever, and Rosenberg's uh, acting like you're... I know. What's my thought on them? And yeah, I've like, had, uh, my what? dad's been putting these up yeah. forever. There's Yeah. Well, you said they were six feet tall. Well, That's the, my height. Well, no, yes. No, they're as tall as I am. Yes. They're that big. We got them at Costco. There's two of they them. They don't scare your kids? No, you put them like right... They like... They like it's, it's almost like they're keeping an eye on the door. They're like they're like standing uh, watch. This guy's asking if Christmas decorations yeah, scare the kids. I, I mean, yeah, no, they don't scare the kids. They have smiley. They have like you know normal. No faces. nutcracker soldiers. They're aren't classic smiling. cartoon characters. They're not smiling. Yeah. They have like the well, one no, line. I know, yeah, and they don't. They're actually not nutcrackers. Where like the mouth doesn't actually open. They're just like statues. They're the they're soldiers. Like, the red jacket. The yeah, drum. Yeah, the red and little blue drum with the buttons on the uh, red and blue. Um, Sometimes the the black hat, like they're in a marching band. They have a light on them, and you know, but they're. Everybody listening, everybody out there except for Paul (laughs) Rosenberg knows exactly what you're talking about. No, I know what you're talking about. I just disagree with the fact that there's. I don't get why they're so popular. uh, That's fine. That's fine. Which why I I asked what your thought about. Well, because they're, I don't know, they're Christmas related. Why is anything so popular? What's What's another popular? Why is anything popular? Right. Why is a generic snowman who's not frosty so popular? Exactly. These have been popular decorations since before any of us were born. Yeah. It's just the way it is. That's that's it. Why are wreaths so popular? I don't think I think wreaths have taken a back seat recently. I haven't seen a lot of wreaths on boards. Yeah, no, everyone has a wreath. I have a I have a different wreath for every season. Baseball season, we have a baseball wreath. Oh, yeah, that's if, any, a if yeah. not back seat, if anything, they're more popular because people. There's a Thanksgiving one. Yeah, there's like all a, kinds a of wreaths. It's no longer just a Christmas thing. In fact, wreath you get a all different holiday. The Yankee wreaths. wreath is obnoxious. It's not Yankee. Well, a little Yankee, but it's mainly just baseball. <laughs> it's a baseball wreath. A little bit of Yankee in it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's got you a little picture of Brian Cashman <laughs> yeah, tucked yeah. inside. You, you put know it. Orange and blue. You know it.
My Brian Cashman you reef. You walk up to it, little kiss, yep. tap on it. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Two fingers. <laughs> Love you, Brian. Uh, yeah, him in the picture of him uh, dressed as an elf. That's I'm surprised quote. you didn't have one of those made into a giant decoration yeah. to put outside the house. Yeah, exactly. That's what we talk about scaring the kids. That's what we have the two elves that the you know the do you know the elf on the shelf? Yes. Situation. Okay, you know what it is. All right. So these these two the, for each kid, so that we have two because I have two children. The elf comes after the day after Thanksgiving. He comes and he's supposed to watch you. And every morning he watches and makes sure you're a good boy. And then he reports every night. I Thanksgiving's early this year, so lucky you. You get to do yes. it like an extra four or five days. Yes. So he reports back to uh, Santa every night, and then in the morning it's uh, some sort of you know now it's pressure to come up with a clever place to hi- you know put them every day now. And right, that elf has to think of a different spot to show up in every morning. Yeah, they, and they, they get in some sort of you know there. They get tangled on the on the the blinds and hanging upside down. You come up with all creative ways to make it seem like you know they're gone and then you can't touch them, or whatever. But I should have named them Brian and Cashman. That should have been the two. Instead, it's uh, Max and I forget the other guy's name. Jesus. I mean, you can name them whatever you want. Yes, you can. They come with a book and a story, and then you name them. You can name them whatever you want. The book's yes. not going to get angry. No, 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 no. I understand. No, the book doesn't give them names. They say it tells you to give them names. You can give them names. I, oddly enough, I let my children decide, Paul. So they came up with. Uh, Did they name the Nutcracker soldiers? Yes. After themselves, it's it's Tommy and Andrew, the two Nutcrackers. Very good. See, that's see, but that was that was lazy. I didn't let them do the same thing with the shelves. All right, eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six. And my first Christmas present didn't come. I want to say Juan Barkley traded. He is not. Not that I dislike Saquon Barkley. And I guess I suppose it gives me something to watch because I think with Saquon Barkley and with Daniel Jones, they can go out and beat the Raiders because the Raiders suck. But ultimately, I'm looking to improve the team in the future. And having a, 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 a running back on his seventh season already coming off knee injury and missing games every single year and continuing to lose and lose and lose and lose and lose, I just don't see, I don't see the purpose in holding him back when you – and not even making – like not even answering the phone for Saquon Barkley is, is unacceptable. If that report is accurate, that they told teams who called, don't bother. We're not listening. It doesn't matter what you say. We're not trading Saquon Barkley. Shame on the Giants. Vinny in East Meadow. What's up, Vinny? Hey, how you doing, guys? Listen, uh, on that Sa- Saquon Barkley, Jeff. Yes. Um, I agree. Maybe you could have got something for him for sure. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I don't know if you would have got as good as what Williams received. I mean, and they cost their eating all that money, a little bit of it. Yeah. You know, uh, the second-round pick? I mean, I, I I I think you get a second-round pick. Someone was going to offer you a yes. second-round pick for Saquon Barkley. Well, well, for Barkley? Yes. I think I, I would love to say yes. I would do that for a second-round pick. But like you just said, he's never played a full season except his rookie year. Yeah, but then I— And it seems like every, every yeah, year after that, he's hurt. Yeah, know? but the person wouldn't be—the the, the other team wouldn't be trading him for years. They, it would be a rental for this season. It's a team like, it's a team like Baltimore or it's a— you know, a team that that thinks like they Chiefs, like like, like a Chiefs, thing. I suppose. Yeah, Chiefs would have been possible. A team where they think they are running back away from really competing, right. like a team right. that I that agree. thinks. And so, 
I mean, I think Baltimore would have offered you a second-round pick. I think some of these teams would have offered you a high pick to bring Saquon Barkley because there's no doubt how talented he is. And imagine him and all the knocks uh, against why he hasn't been more successful. Oh, the offensive line. and like If he went somewhere with a decent offensive line and, and Lamar Jackson is his quarterback and step into that offense that's really starting to find its groove here over the last couple of weeks, I mean, I just don't understand how you don't do that. Stan in Bridgeport. What's up, Stan? Quick comment on Jack Wilson. Yes. Like a thief in the night, right man, right job. Go, Jack. Um, I'm sorry. The reference is lost on me. I'm not sure what you're saying. Like a thief in the night? Is that a song lyric? Do I know that? Famous phrase. Okay, well, I mean, I understand the phrase like a thief in the night. I don't understand how you're using it with Zach Wilson. I apologize. It's, it's you, you got it over my head. He's the right man in the right job. Zach Wilson's the right man in the, at the right moment for the New York Jets? Yes. How do you how, ex, Please explain that to me. Can I make it any clearer? You, sure you can. You can expound on it and what makes you think that. Is your is your is, are you do you think it's the Jets are trying to win football games? What are, are they trying to do? Exactly. So if they're trying to win football games, then Zach Wilson's not the right man for the job. He's the right guy right now for what needs to be done. What needs to be done? Win. Oh, so you think he's the right guy to win games for the Jets? Yes. Yeah, me and me and you disagree, Stan. Me and you really disagree very much so i mean has he won some games yes they're four and three uh he's the right man for the job like nobody else could do a better job like thank god the jets have zach wilson i mean if you want to just be coy and say a sentence and act like you you've just like laid down some sort of great argument there uh i appreciate the phone call but i mean can you actually like defend your point for a second like what you like yeah, I mean, or or give me one instance and, and one scenario or one example of something Zach Wilson's doing right now that makes you think that's the case. Like, Zach Wilson's the right man for the job. The right man for what job? To lead this team to where, exactly? Did you see the offense? Because I'll tell you the truth, the one thing, and I teased it before, the one thing I thought the Jets could have done here is legitimately get them a backup. I talked about this after the game on Sunday. Uh, you know, Dobbs gets traded for a sixth. You give up a six-round pick to get uh, Joshua Dobbs. The Vikings did. Like I would have traded for. I would have traded for a sixth-round pick. I'm not going to trade uh, a top-level pick, but I would have brought Dobbs in here for a sixth-round pick or a fifth-round pick to be the backup to Zach Wilson for now and see how that goes. And if there are games where Zach Wilson sucks, you bring in Dobbs or or someone besides Boyle or whoever else you're not willing to bring in. And I understand there's been some thought. I'm seeing a bunch of uh, different people talk about how well Zach Wilson played on Sunday. Okay. I, I don't see that. I, I don't see Zach Wilson playing well on Sunday. Did he have circumstances against him? Of course. He plays for the Jets. The offensive line's in shambles? Sure. They're, they're, they're down to their third center going up against um, Sexy Dexy. Yeah, that was a tough spot for him. And he got some pressure, no doubt. But the, I mean, everyone's telling you how many drop balls they were. Like the Lazard diving play is a drop ball. That's not a drop. It's a very difficult catch. 
Could he have made it? Sure. It's not a drop ball. How about the third down play that he's got to Hall that he throws behind him at his feet? That he's got an easy third down pickup if he just throws it anywhere near Bryce Hall's hands. Like, I'm sorry. If you watched that game and thought Zach Wilson played well, I mean, did he tuck his, did he f- fall into the ground into the fetal position? No. He stood there. He took sacks he shouldn't have taken. And he kept coming back for more. I'll give him. And at the end of the game, he ripped some balls down the line, uh, down the middle of the field. I'll give you that. He made enough plays at the end of the game to win the game. The Giants gave it to him, but fine. I mean, he almost lost to a quarterback who can't throw. We are aware of that, right? That the Zach Wilson-led Jets almost lost to a quarterback who can't throw? But you want to cavalierly just call up and go the right, like a thief in the night, the right man for the job. Okay. I, I don't even I've heard like a thief in the night. I've never heard it correlated with that. I apologize. I don't know that entire limerick or whatever it is, that famous phrase. But if you think you're just going to call up and say he's the right man for the job to win football games, God, God, God bless you because I don't see it. I think they could win a hell of a lot more football games with I could name 30 quarterbacks off the top of my head that win more games with the Jets than Zach Wilson does. That's that's how I feel about it. I can name a bunch. There are backups in this league. There are there are quarterbacks not playing football on Sunday that are on teams that are not playing football on Sunday who would give the Jets a better chance to win football games than Zach Wilson. He's better than what we saw at times. He's better than what he was against New England. He's had moments. But he hangs on to the football, and there are plays to be made. He doesn't make it. Sorry. That's just how I feel. And I think the Jets would be far better off with another option. And I'm not even saying, like, if they would have got Dobbs, and I heard Evan talking about this, and I completely agree. If you go out and trade for Dobbs, especially early on when he when he first gets here, it's Zach Wilson's job to lose. Zach Wilson's the starting quarterback. But I have to have someone on this roster that I can go to when the offense is stagnant and Zach Wilson's not getting the job done. Whether it's completely his fault or not, whether he's throwing bad picks or missing guys by 100 feet, or the offense just is stagnant and not doing anything. I need someone who I can go for a change of pace, even if Zach Wilson isn't the main culprit, if he's just not good enough to make it work, which we see time and time again. Even if he's not out there throwing bad picks, even if he's out there running for his life, even if he's out there, you know doing the best he can and doing a serviceable job. I don't know if the offense is stagnant and they're losing to a team that has a quarterback that can't throw the football. I have to have an option to bring in a spark, change it up, do something. I have to have that option. The Jets do not have that option. We are past the point of trading for, obviously, Kirk Cousins because he's hurt. We're past the point of trading, in my opinion, probably, and now we're past the point of anything. But I was past the point of trying to supplant him with a clear-cut, better quarterback and move him back to the bench. That I was fine with that idea being over. They are four and threes, won some football games. But you have got to have another quarterback on this roster that on a moment's notice you can go to to try and give your team a spark, even if Zach Wilson starts the next game again. That's how it works. Like, we've seen that before in the NFL. Zach Wilson's the starting quarterback, but hey, we're, we're down 10 points at half. The offense has been completely stagnant. He gets one more drive in the second half, but if it looks to, if it's another three and out, I'm bringing in I'm bringing in Joshua Dobbs just to see if he can you know get something going, do something a little bit different, change it up, 
Uh, they're not willing to do that with Boyle, and I understand why. He has no credibility or, or you know, any kind of um, call, um, resume or anything. That's fine. But the Jets need someone like that. The Jets need a comparable, you know, adequate quarterback to be the backup where if in case they need to just change momentum and do different things, they could bring in someone who does it a little bit differently than Zach. Charlie Spring Lake. What's up, Charlie? Hello. Uh, I just want to talk about how that guy last time, how delusional he is. Yeah. I mean, Zach Wilson has almost identical stats to what he had last year, and everyone was calling him terrible. And he throws – he has two uh, two turnovers and a basically touchdown that Brees Hall brought 50 yards on a screen. Right. And now he's all made I know. Every, everyone, everyone's, everyone's talking about his passing yards. He threw... The only reason they're winning this year is because their defense is actually getting turnovers. Yeah. No, I, I, I totally agree. That's 100% the reason they're winning is turnovers. But I'm saying, like, people even trying to tell me, well, look, he threw for 240. He had a drop-off pass that went for 50-plus, and then at the end of the game, to be fair, he made two good throws. That's where he got all his passing yards from. And um, I can't uh, – I can't. But that, I mean, you're it. right. That guy, I got the impression because we're talking about Christmas, I got the impression that guy is sitting by the stove smoking a pipe, calling me up and just casually going, He has more turnovers than touchdowns. He's the right man for the job. Answer. Yeah, no, he's he's Zach Wilson's not good. That's just all right, um, has is he better than I thought he was after the New England game, or is at least he playing better than that? Yes, he has not cost the Jets games. They're winning football games, and he hasn't cost them. But he does not do almost anything to help them win the football game. Yeah, it's have, strictly on the defense. Weapons. They have great weapons. Their offensive line stinks, like the Giants. But yeah. No, listen, I, I get it. It's He does not have the reins of the greatest show on turf and blowing it. That's fair. He he does not. Aaron Rodgers had his stats right now, we're going to be talking about how crap. Aaron Rodgers would be. This team would this hardly have lost Wilson. a game. Let's be totally yeah, honest. Know. With the way they play defense and the way they've turned it over, they would not. They would have hardly lost a game. All right, maybe the Dallas game. They win the Kansas City game. Like they, 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 they're they're as dangerous a team. They're leading the division right now. Like I honestly I, I believe have, that. I honestly believe I have that. Face that that Daniel Jones is the, is the solution for the Giants. Oh, Daniel Zach Jones Wilson is a is fu- the for the Daniel Jones is a better quarterback than Zach Wilson. Daniel Jones, Daniel Jones isn't great. Daniel Jones, in my estimation, is not worth the contract he was given. Daniel Jones certainly has injury problems, and I hope he's okay. We're going to find out on Sunday how you know back he is, and hopefully his neck's doing fine. I don't love I don't love Daniel Jones. I've been critical of Daniel Jones and I think he's played terribly this year. I understand how bad the offensive line was. I still think Daniel Jones has played terribly this season. I would take Daniel Jones over Zach Wilson so fast my your head would spin. I mean to me that's he's not even, it's not close. And I don't like Daniel Jones. I don't should I say I don't love Daniel Jones. But Daniel Jones is better than Zach Wilson, and not that that means anything. I'm not. That's not the point. I'm not. You you ask me, I'll say it. I'm not on here going, hey hey hey. At least the Giants have the best quarterback. Both of them aren't very good, to be quite honest with you. And I don't think I don't think either of them take you to the Super Bowl. Can you get there with him? Yeah, but he won't lead you there. If everything else is perfect, if this defense somehow next year really bolsters itself. Sexy Dexy really continues to become Aaron Donald, and these young cornerbacks turn into some of the best in the league, 
and um, Micah McFadden and Bobby Okereke suddenly become, you know, one of the great linebacking duos in the sport, and that defense is lights out, and Hyatt on his second year becomes a game-breaking, you know, big play touchdown receiver, and Waller is healthy and dynamic, and Barkley's back, and the offensive line's terrific, and all of that works out. Could Daniel Jones take you somewhere? Yes. Can you win with Daniel Jones? Yes. Will Daniel Jones be the guy who, like, brings you there? And on his back, you get it done? No. I I don't think so. He hasn't shown me that yet. He did it for one half this season against the Cardinals. And he played a brilliant game against Minnesota in the playoffs. I'll give him that. Mike and Merrick, what's up, Mike? Yeah, what's up, Keith? What's up? It's Chris, but how are you, Mike? Um, What's up, Chris? What's up, buddy? The Giants this Sunday. The Giants this Sunday. Big game. Oh, huge game. I can't tell you how excited I am for it. And, and Keith, I want to tell you this. Yeah. Giants. Six, can I even go nine and six? They're going to go nine and six? Nine, nine and six with Daniel Jones. Coming back live. Okay. Well, um, they'll still have a couple more games after that, Mike, if they go nine and six. I'd be very impressed if they go nine and six. I, I don't see it happening. I don't think they can beat Dallas. That's a problem right there. I don't think they could beat Philadelphia, but sure, let's dream. We've got nothing else. I'm done yelling about. I'm 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 done yelling about. I'm done yelling about Saquon Barkley. I'm the trade deadline's over. This is the team. I do think this team is not as bad as it's been. I do think if you look at it, we we went over the schedule. If you look at it, if you look at a lot of the games on themselves, are the Giants capable of winning a lot of these games? Sure, can they beat? The Raiders, I absolutely think so. Jimmy Garoppolo sucks, and that coaching staff sucks, and they're falling apart at the seams, and they, you know, Devontae Adams is at his wit's end of what's going on there. Can they win that game? Absolutely. Can they beat the Packers and, and love? Absolutely. Can they beat the Saints? I like the Saints' defense, but I don't trust Carr as far as I can throw them. And, yeah, they can beat the Saints. Like, can they beat New England? Of course. Mac Jones is terrible. So when you look at it and you go through some of the other teams they're playing besides the the idea they're playing Philadelphia twice, besides the fact they're playing uh, Dallas, can they beat the Rams? Yeah, I, I mean, if you, could they beat the Rams? Sure. I think they're right there as far as talented with the Rams. They've got up to a miserable start, and the Rams have played better. And ultimately, in a big game, I would trust Stafford over Daniel Jones, and they do have a dynamic wide receiving tandem right now. But could they win that game? Sure, they possibly could. If this defense continues to play like this, it's possible. Can they win all of those games? I don't know. I don't think it's possible to just, yeah, you look at each one. Could they? Sure. They have to win them all. And they have to beat Philadelphia once. And or beat Dallas in Dallas. I don't see that happening. I, that's what makes this that loss so important, the, that, that game against the Jets, because it gives them the sixth loss. Now you're talking about winning almost every game on your schedule. You're afforded maybe one more loss, maybe, to go 10-7. and seven. I don't know if nine's going to get you there. I really don't. So, I mean, yeah, could they beat Green Bay? Could they beat Saint, uh, uh, the Rams? Could they beat the Raiders? Could they beat Green Bay? Can they beat New England? Sure. Can they beat them all? When have the Giants shown you they're capable of winning 
all of those games without without tri- tripping over themselves. Jim in Long Island, what's up, Jim? Hey, how's it going? Um, yeah, I just uh, you know, of course, watching the game. I'm a Jets fan, um, and so I really enjoyed how that ended. Of course, also another thing which people aren't talking too much about: McDonald jumping over. Uh, you know the the line there. I think affected Gano's uh, uh, trajectory on that 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 um, kick. I, I you know people were no people were saying that, and obviously he does absolutely jump over the line and get in the way of the the path of the ball. You would think. Uh, I saw Lawrence Tynes, obviously former great um, Giants kicker, kicked him to the Super Bowl. Um, I saw him do an interview or talk about it on Twitter, saying that he doesn't buy that for a second. Kickers are looking straight down at the football. They do not recognize the rush. That's why balls get blocked all the time. Like if he would have, he just didn't hit it well. If he would, if you look at it, I think if he, there's a chance if he did hit the ball down the middle because he yanked it immediately. If he does hit the ball down the middle for a good field goal, there's a chance it gets blocked. But uh, Lawrence Tyne said that he does not buy for a second that it impacted the kick because they don't see it coming. But yeah, and I, and I kind of agree with you because if you look at it on the replay, it doesn't even look like he he saw him at all in the corner of his. Yeah, eye. I mean, he, that, that's uh, but, Lawrence Tynes, who obviously is a, a professional kicker, said that he he's never seen the rush before in his career. He's focused on the ball and hitting the ball. He doesn't see it. But one thing I just wanted to ask you: I mean, you go back with the Giants and and with Phil Sims, like to '86, and there was a game, and a lot of Giant fans talk about it. Uh, the Minnesota game where he hits the se- uh, fourth and 17. And he talks about that as, as being his favorite game because he was able to stand up in the pocket and really we and play with no fear. So do you think possibly that uh, Zach, I mean, he, you know, I mean, he stood in there. And even in this game, I know a lot of people talk about that he didn't have a good play. And he, and he did, and he had the yips that one to Brees where he just put it back to his feet. Yeah. But there were some plays where he really – Stood in there, and I mean, of course, those two passes at the end. But the one to Lazar that got dropped, another good pass. The you know the the sideline passes that he's starting to throw to to Garrett Wilson. So I just wanted your thoughts if you think you know a game like this could actually be a, a turnaround. Um, no, um, I understand your point. And listen, yes, he's capable of making good throws now and then. I, I never said different. He does have a strong arm. He's got tools. He's a second overall pick. That doesn't mean he's any good. It does mean he's got some tools. You don't get picked that high without tools. He's got a strong arm, and he's capable of making throws. There's no doubt in my mind. He still throws off his back foot too much. I still think he's he holds on to the football way too long and too much. He took terrible sacks in this game. He's taken terrible sacks over his career. Like, yeah, on the occasion, can he step up into a throw and make a good throw? Of course. Do I think that game right there where he, you know, managed, you know, seven points until the Giants decided to give him uh, an opportunity to get another three? Do I think that's some sort of, like, catapult that he can use to better play? No, I don't. I don't. I mean, anything's possible, but no, I didn't didn't see anything in that game where I was suddenly like, wow, look at that from Zach. The offense still stinks. Like they don't they don't do anything. They don't score. Like watch the games. He doesn't make the offense work. Like at some point, like I understand offensive line. It's the same stuff we hear about. You, you haven't noticed we don't say it about bad like great quarterbacks. Do you think every great quarterback is in a great situation with weapons 
and offensive line. Like, do you think it's always just great for them? Like, how come it's only around here that we 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 rec- hey, well, listen, how do you expect Daniel Jones to be good? The offensive line, the weapons, the this, the that. Oh, Zach Wilson, it's this, it's that, it's this. How come we never say that about other quarterbacks? How come the great quarterbacks, we never hear that? Like, it's just, it's a miraculous that they always have great situations. Right? I mean, it wasn't like Joe Burrow was sacked nine times in a playoff game and still figured out how to win. Or that I remember the only time we did hear it about Mahomes was during the Super Bowl against Tampa Bay when he said, oh, my God, uh, that, that Tampa Bay defensive line was all over him. He had no time. See, look, he is human. Anyone can lose a football game when you, when you get pressured, of course. Look, he's not Patrick Mahomes. And you know what? They were 100% right. Here's the difference. That game was in the Super Bowl. That means he got the bye. He got the home field advantage in the AFC Championship game, won that game, and then got to the Super Bowl where finally his offensive line was so terrible he couldn't win. But that same bad offensive line was playing through all the wins, going through the playoffs, like, and he managed to overcome until finally at the end he couldn't. Like, it's just, I'm so tired of hearing the excuses. The offense either moves the football and scores points or it doesn't. How many years do you need to see these two quarterbacks not do it before we just say maybe they're not that good? 877-337-6666. I know you want to try and find something that can spark Zach Wilson. And again, I'm fully willing to admit I was killing him after the New England game saying he can't play another game, take him off the field. He's the worst thing I've ever seen. They have to get in anybody else. I don't care who it is. If it's Trevor Simeon, bring him in. I don't care. I'm done with Zach Wilson. He's been better than that. I no longer say that. I was wrong to say that. He's better than that. But he's still not very good. And he's still not good enough to lead your team. And I still want a capable quarterback to be the backup in case I need to make make a move at the half or late in the third quarter or just do something to, to... to change the game a bit because I can't continue to watch the three and outs and the lack of offense from this Jet team knowing that their defense is a Super Bowl caliber defense. I need something. He doesn't provide enough. Oh, there's a throw here. There's a throw there. Did you see that throw? I mean, yeah, I saw it. 877-337-6666. Did you see them suck? Because I saw that too. McMonagle here with you. We'll come back, continue to take your phone calls. A little bit of baseball. I see you guys want to talk. Jeremy wants to talk Yankees, the World Series. Uh, Despite a couple of injuries, the Texas Rangers just keep on hitting. And you know it. You know it. When Seager hits it, why didn't the Yankees sign Seager? You can't. It's just, it's amazing. When... uh, (laughs) When Trevor Story goes down for three quarters of the year, nobody goes, why didn't they sign Seager? doesn't matter. Seager's killing it in the World Series, and the Texas Rangers are one game away from capturing the fall classic that nobody's watching.